Hi folks, Wooden Boat Dan here. Just wanted to give you a heads up. The podcast you're about to listen to was recorded several years ago. So some of the phone numbers, email addresses, website, links, and time-sensitive information are no longer valid. Please keep that in mind as you listen. If you'd like to contact me, my email address is woodenboatdan at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Hooked on Wooden Boats weekly podcast episode number 66. I'm your host, Dan Matson, a.k.a. Wooden Boat Dan. If you can't do it, nobody can unless they try really hard. And this is the world's first podcast fully dedicated to celebrating the art, craft, history, tradition, and romance, and note those are in alphabetical order, of wooden vessels all over the world. Okay, so maybe I am OCD. I've got to have things in alphabetical order. I used to work with a gentleman that, uh, worked with two gentlemen. (laughs) We would go golfing. We went golf, I went golfing with them once and one of them was a little OCD and the other one that wasn't OCD, he would move uh, the other, his business partner's golf clubs around in his golf bag. So where the two iron was supposed to go, he'd put the seven iron and vice versa. And it would really mess the other guy up. Okay, so I don't know how I got off on that. But anyway, got a little cold today, so hopefully you can understand me okay. Today's featured segment is an interview with Dan Leach of the Center for Wooden Boats. Dan is the marketing guy there. His his title is more official than that, but I don't recall the exact unique title. But uh, Dan is out there on the front lines promoting the Center for Wooden Boats in Seattle, Washington. So you're going to want to stick around for that interview. So I thought maybe it'd be kind of fun to play a couple of um, bloopers that I've made while... Well, these actually I made today while I was trying to record the introduction. And uh, it's not as easy as you think to talk into a microphone sitting in your car at Starbucks knowing that people from all over the world could be listening. (laughs) doesn't always start out smooth, so I thought I'd play a couple short clips here just for fun. So here we go. There might be somebody who can if they try really hard. And this is the world's blah, 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 blah. Okay, so that's how it started today. It took me three takes uh, to get going. I think in one of those I couldn't remember my name maybe. I don't know. This week I did work on my canoe. If you recall, I had two coats of pre-coat primer on the hull that I had sanded with 220. And I put on my first coat of Interlux Brightside's top coat on the bottom of my boat. So it's a white paint and I rolled it on with a foam brush and I tipped it off. I'm sorry, I rolled it on with a foam roller and I tipped it off with a foam brush. But the results were kind of mixed. I actually got a few small runs which I have now sanded out. So I think I've got to get a much lighter coat on the canoe. But anyway, uh, it is coming along. And now the pressure is turning up on me to get this thing done because we may have an offer on our house now. And if we move, I probably am not going to have an 1,100 square foot heated shop to work in. (laughs) 
I've gotten a little spoiled, so I got to get this puppy done soon. So I'm going to keep working on it, and I will keep you posted on my progress. The wooden boat hack of the week has to do with sandpaper. You know, and sandpaper is the kind of thing, if you talk to it, to some people about sandpaper, it could make them a little sleepy, but I find it pretty exciting actually because it can make or break you when you're building a boat. So here's some tips for sandpaper. One is to buy the highest quality sandpaper that you can, whether you're buying sheets of sandpaper or blocks. At least at my local hardware store, there's kind of two levels, and the more expensive paper will last longer, and it doesn't fill up with uh, the sanding material as quickly. So you'll get the job fast, done faster, and I think the paper will last long enough to pay for the extra cost. So that's one recommendation. I'd also recommend you buy the paper in bulk, buy 50 sheets at a time or 20 sanding blocks at a time if you can. And then the other thing I do is I have a little wire sandpaper brush and it's a little brush that has wires that are probably maybe a sixteenth of an inch long in a pattern that's probably an inch wide by maybe three inches long. When I put a fresh sheet of, sheet of sandpaper on my quarter sheet sanding block, once I start sanding with that, depending upon what I'm sanding, it's going to start filling up with material, wood, paint, primer, whatever. If I take that little brush and rub it over the sandpaper, as soon as it starts filling up, that will keep the sandpaper clean, which will give me a better sanding result and make the paper last a little bit longer. Uh, so I would encourage you to get a sandpaper wire brush if you don't have one and begin using that. It's not going to make the sandpaper last forever. That's not the point. The main thing is to keep the sandpaper clean while it is working effectively. As soon as that piece of sandpaper is or has reached its life span, you want to get that thing off of there and put a new sheet on. And I know if you're like me, that kills you because now you got to go cut another quarter sheet off your sheet of sandpaper. You have to attach it to the sanding block. But um, I've kind of got used to batch processing on that. I cut a bunch of sheets at once. And actually what I plan on doing is getting like two or three sanding blocks so that I can have two or three loaded up with paper so I can go right from my boat, grab a fresh block, and do it that way. So that is the wooden boat hack of the week for sandpaper. I would like to give a warm welcome and shout out to my new e-newsletter subscribers, Dieterich Gauchel, Chuck Swikert, and Brian Kirby. Thanks for joining the e-newsletter list. If you're listening and you haven't joined the list yet, I send out a monthly newsletter. You can subscribe by going to hookedonwoodenboats.com forward slash subscribe. The newsletter is a way for me to stay connected to folks that like my podcast, and I get to send information out about upcoming events, uh, fun resources, general stuff that I'm working on. So I would encourage you to sign up if you haven't. And you can unsubscribe at any time. Well, we're coming to the close of 2012. And if you're like me and you listen to the 48 Days podcast by Dan Miller, which I would recommend you do regardless of what you do in life or don't do or your age or your gender or anything, 
this guy is good, and he suggests that you write out your goals for the coming year, actually by November 15th. So I've got my goals written, but actually I've got to come up with some goals for Hooked on Wooden Boats for 2013 still. But I thought next week what I would do for the podcast, if I can get uh, get my act together time-wise, is I would do uh, a podcast and talk about the highlights for me of 2012 with the first full year of the Hooked on Wooden Boats podcast. So that's what you have to look forward to next week, folks. Hope you tune in again. Okay, up next we have the interview with Dan Leach from the Center for Wooden Boats. Dan is a really fun, gregacious, outgoing, optimistic, upbeat, wooden boat lover guy. I think you're really going to enjoy this, so take it away, Dan. All right, it's December 7th, 2012. Uh, I'm at the Center for Wooden Boats with Dan Leach. Yeah, welcome to the podcast, Dan. Well, thanks, Dan. You've actually been on one time before I for a short little interview we did down in Portland. I remember that. Earlier this year. Yeah. So uh, so I don't know much about you, Dan. So let's start Let's start uh, with uh, where you grew up and what you did as a youth. Oh, wow. You're going way back. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I was born and raised in Seattle. Oh, you were? Okay. Actually, yeah. I mean, there's. it's so funny. People, there's... So many people you meet from around here who are not from around Seattle, but I actually was born at Virginia Mason Hospital. Wow! A long time ago, and um, we—I uh, grew up in the north end of town, and uh, you know, like Shoreline area, or uh, no, Lake City, and then Bothell. We moved to uh-huh. Bothell when I was a kid, and uh, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I grew up here. Uh, was born and raised here till I was about twelve. We left my teenage and went years were spent actually back in Michigan and I went to college at the University of Michigan and uh, and but I always knew that I wanted to come home yeah and so eventually I did yeah so yeah so did your did your family do some boating when you were a kid uh, we did do boating when I was a kid obviously when you grow up in Seattle uh, you know in the 60s there was a lot of boats around and going down to Green Lake and getting the pedal boats or going to get canoes out at the University of Washington boathouse where they still, you know, they still rent those canoes. Do they really? I haven't done that they for do. a while. It's been a long that's time. Fun, yeah. But I remember doing that as a kid, actually, because uh, we, we went to church nearby, and so that's what you do on Sunday after church. You go down and go someplace. Um, I also, when we were kids, um, my father had, um, and his father, had two boats. So we always had, we had a power boat, little like 17 foot runabout, you know, with a outboard on the back, and uh, but it had steering, so it was a little bit bigger. Uh, and there was a sailboat that my uh, father grew up sailing, uh, uh, a Rhodes Bantam. I always have a place in my heart for Phil Rhodes and the the Rhodes Bantam, not his boat. A, a glass or a wood boat? Uh, that one originally was wood, but, well, the design was originally designed to be built in wood, but the one that my uh, father had was a fiberglass one with wood trim, with mm-hmm. lots and lots of wood trim on it. Yeah. And that's the boat that I grew up and was first introduced to sailing in. And But we always had both, and so we'd do both. We'd do water skiing some days yeah. and get in the powerboat and go running around and have picnics in a powerboat. Lake boat. Washington or Lake, Lake Union? Uh, there and also back east. Oh, okay. Uh, and yeah. My uh, grandfather lived back east. And uh, so we do a little bit of that there. And, um, and it was really funny. My brother always liked the powerboat, and I always liked the sailboat, and that's still the, uh, you know... 
the way it is today. Really? My brother prefers going power boating, and I prefer sailing. And we yeah. have my wife and I have a sailboat, so you know. Okay. But I like power boats too. Don't get me wrong at all. I yeah. try not to get involved in choosing one over the other. And uh, you know, I there are times when being snug in a bug inside of a trawler is a wonderful thing to be especially here in the northwest when it can get a little bit cold right so absolutely so yeah we grew up uh doing both and uh you know i just i like i love being around boats so what did you do after high school then went to college yeah and uh, where'd you go to school went to the university of michigan and uh, oh that's right you said that yeah and i studied oh i don't know political science and history things of that nature really superpower relations you know, and then the Soviet Union fell, and I felt like, well, that was a useless thing to study, wasn't it? No, just a joke. Just a joke. It's a great school to go to, and <laughs> and a great uh, and a great uh, a great thing to to study. And uh, and uh, after I left there, I went to Oregon actually, and you know, got married to my wife, had kids. Where were we you in Oregon? Uh, Eugene. Oh, really? Eugene, yeah. She was, she's from Eugene. Okay. And my father moved out there, actually, when I was a senior in high school to go to uh, law school. Hey. Really? A long, a long history of uh, family pe- members who choose different careers late in life. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. That comes in later in this story, yeah. I think. Yeah, right. So. Right. So you were down in Eugene, got married. Yep. Had a couple kids. Yep. A couple kids. kids worked, yeah. uh, wor- and I worked in, uh, in radio. Yeah, I saw that on your LinkedIn profile. I cheated a little bit. <laughs> uh oh, it's true. This is really uh, for like not my years. This is not my first career. Oh, longer than that, actually. I really? started. I started doing that when I was in high school, actually. But yeah, no. I, when I came out of school, I uh, worked in uh, radio news for a long, long time. Eventually, got all the way back up here to Seattle and worked for Cairo. And yeah. spent 14 years at Cairo. Okay, that's what I was thinking. I yeah. showed Cairo on there for 14 years. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then you did a stint at Microsoft. That is correct. After being at Cairo for 14 years and doing lots, of, and don't get me wrong, that was a load of fun. Had a great time doing it. Met lots of people. It was very interesting. Traveled the country covering stories, um, you know, all kinds of things. I, um, I specialized in uh, technology and transportation was the sort of beat that was my favorite and the thing I paid most attention to. But I covered politics. I covered when the Ken Baring was threatening to take the uh, Seahawks and move them out of town. I covered that. And, oh, did you? Sure. And, you know, political campaigns. I went to the New Hampshire primary as a reporter, you know, in the 90s. Cool. Uh, you know, to cover Bill Clinton. And uh, so, you know, I, it was a great job, great fun. But after you've done it for a long time, you know, you get to the point where you say, well, okay, I've done an that for a while and it's been great fun raised my family and had a great time going everywhere and but you know i was ready to go do something else so i started trying to figure out what to do next yeah and uh and it wasn't a was not a difficult you know it wasn't uh because they didn't want me at cairo or i didn't like them they're a great company still are and uh and uh but i was ready for something else so Mm -hmm. after that yeah no Interestingly enough, I eventually found my way out to uh, Redmond and worked for Microsoft for a while. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of fun and interesting. And I worked in corporate uh, communications. And uh, I, I worked in, uh, in the corporate communications uh, group for a while. And at Microsoft, of course, once you're in Microsoft, uh, there's the old, if you don't eventually go work for a product group, uh, then they don't, you know, you, you got to do that at one point. You don't want to oh. stay in one place for too long. Yeah. And so eventually I went to work for the office group, the, the, the information worker group that produces every 
product that has Office in its name, and that's servers and uh, and the Office suite of products and applications itself. And uh, and I worked for them for a while, and then I got. Uh, to that point in life where I said, this has been great, it's been great fun, they like me, I like them, but I just got a hankering to do something a little bit different. So that's when I went back to school and studied marine carpentry here at uh, Seattle Central Community College's oh, Wood did. Construction Center. Yep. Okay. Went, back, went up there and spent a couple of years uh, learning. So why did you do that? What drove you to do that? Dan? Well, I have always been around boats, love boats. And uh, was sailing and, you know, doing a little bit of racing, not much, but, you know, a little sailing, a little uh, on bigger boats uh, out at Seattle, um, out at um, Shilshol, right, out at Shilshol. And I wanted to learn more. Plus, I also, when you're working in software, you work in the world of, of things that you cannot touch. And... When I was a kid, I grew up, my dad always had a wood shop, and my grandfather was a developer who built houses, uh, and they were all really good at it, but somewhere in that early process, I never got taught all those good things about uh, how to do woodwork, and I always felt like, you know, I I should know more about this stuff, Hmm. and then I was doing more boating and getting more involved and realized, boy, I better learn more about boats and how to take care of them if I'm going to get this serious about about you know having more boats and, and bigger boats in my life, yeah. Because uh, small boats are one thing, bigger boats are another thing, and learning how the how to deal with them, and also wanting you know to try something new. So that's why I went back and studied that, and you know, and it was and great. How long was that program, Dan? It's two years. Uh-huh. It's a two-year program. Wow. Uh, came out of that and went to work. Was doing a restoration at Dunbar. At Dunbar, yeah, yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, work with Roy. Roy's great. You can learn a ton from Roy. He's got more knowledge in his little finger some some love him some think he's an old curmudgeon and i think he's both he's both a brilliant guy who's also a little curmudgeonly but he's great it's great fun to talk to you'd love sitting down with roy if you haven't done it yet you should go do it yeah Uh, because he's got all kinds of great stories it's right next to the ballard bridge oh it is yeah but it's great i loved it because we worked on all kinds of boats you know and and his restoration and restoration repairs restoration and things like that in his shop new builds or uh not there no no he's most Mostly was working in restorations and things of that nature. He, the new build, there was a, a, a friend of his who was building a, a new boat in a tent right next to his shop, which was kind of fun to, you know, look at the process, see where he was going, what kind of boat he was building. But yeah, at this point in Seattle, for the most part, it's mostly restoration work and working on other boats. I helped build boats new in school one of them's in our collection down here at the center for wooden boats oh really the electric launch dora oh really yeah i actually helped build that boat there were a, a lot of students who helped that's build like that Dick's boat that's like favorite boat isn't it it's kind of a pretty little electric launch yeah it's a cool i was our team actually had the honor of finishing her installing you know the final systems finishing out the uh you know finishing out the last bit of the ceiling work on the inside building the rest of the seating building all of the uh you know just just doing all of the last finish work installing all the hardware and uh getting the engine and we actually i was on the team i was on her the day we delivered her and uh put her in the water the first time at the north end of the lake without her top she has that nice little sort of Pringle, Pringle uh, pretzel kind of top on her, mm-hmm. but we first launched her without that, and I remember that day getting into a wetsuit because we weren't sure what was. <laughs> I said, 
maybe I better bring a wetsuit just in case, you know, and I was off the end of the boat in the wetsuit in the water as we were slowly backing her down the ramp at the north end of Lake Union and just to, you know, we bring her down a foot and kind of look, make sure, no, everything looks good and, you know, go inside and look in the bilge and make sure that when, you know, it's a wooden boat. There's always going to be something, some water will come in. We just weren't sure how much uh, was yeah. going to be. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. When, and, now, when was that, Dan? Oh, gosh, that's like five years ago, something like that. So that was before you came here? Yes, right? yeah. before I came here. Yeah. And, uh, and she's got a real curvy hole on her. Oh, yeah. She's so beautiful what, fantail lock. What's the construction lodge? method on that hole? Oh, it was just standard frame and... Plank on frame. Plank on frame. So really? Yeah, it's plank on frame. And you have uh, to steam some of the hole? Well, I would say I was not involved in the hull construction. I was okay. involved in the finished construction, so I can't tell you whether that's necessary. Because it is so short, there might have been some, because clearly when you look at her hull, oh, yeah. that fantail design takes it from vertical in the front to horizontal in the back, and somewhere in going around those corners, wouldn't be a bit surprised. We did have a big steam box that we did a lot of steaming at school, so mm-hmm. you know, it certainly... Yeah. wouldn't surprise me but again I wasn't involved in the hull the actual hull construction mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I wasn't there the day they did the yeah put those yeah. planks on so where did you go after Dunbar then well after that I did well, I did a bunch of things but I did I did I did a stint back at Microsoft just because there was a group that wanted me to come back and do some work for them and I said well I'll give it a shot I don't want to stay here very long but uh, it was in a new area that I had never done before so I said sure but I Stayed there. It was supposed to be for about supposed to be for about six months, and you know, or it was supposed to be there for a maternity leave for a woman who was having a baby. And oh. then I was going to go, and I said, "This is great, just a short assignment." And then she came back, and they wouldn't let me go, and that ground on to about nine months. And as I said, it's not bad in any way. I love working there. It was great fun. I, the commute's kind of a pain, but uh, I love doing the work, and I loved uh, working with the group that I was working with. Um, but at the end, I was ready. I actually was supposed to go until June, and I, I pulled the trigger at March because they went through a typical reorg, and I said to my boss, i tell you what, I'll make you look brilliant. Why don't I just go now? You can save the, you know, the thousands of dollars that your, schedule, your budget says you're going to pay me for the next couple of months, so you'll look great because you will have saved money in the reorg process, and I was more than happy to go at that point. Yeah. And... Uh, it was, but it was a great project, great fun to go back. But then after that, I did uh, I did some work for West Marine for a while, oh, yeah. and then Betsy was doing some things here, and she and I sat and Betsy, down. Betsy, who's the director here? Betsy, Betsy, the executive Betsy director yeah. of mm-hmm. the Center for Wooden Boats, and I were chatting, and and I said, boy, it'd be fun to come and do something with them, and she just said, uh, we have some things we'd like you to do. And I said, great, I'm a boat ride. She said, it's not boat ride. I need someone to do this business engagement and development and sponsorship development and, you know, deal with the business community and as we're working on building new buildings and that type of thing. I said, I, 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 Betsy, I'm a boat ride. She said, yeah, but I need your other skills right now. I need you to come and do these things for the museum. And she said, okay, I'll tell you what. One day a week, I'll let you be a boat ride and work on the collection and work on the boats. And my wife at that point said, she's just playing with you at this point, isn't she? Just to get you to say yes. I said, yes, maybe. But I said, of course I said yes. and Because I have loved the Center for Wooden Boats for decades and volunteered so here. I volunteered here before I came to okay. work here. Yeah. And, you know, when Betsy 
says to you, I need you to do this for the museum so that we can be successful in raising money to keep the lights on and keep the boats here and keep the kids in the lessons and yeah. all of that stuff. And she said, I'd really love your help doing it. And I, of course I said yes. What was I supposed to say? Yeah. It's not, I don't get to work on the boats. How many opportunities do you get? Like? Hey, how many opportunities do you get to do this? And do I, I you know, I love it. I love, I love both jobs. I, it, as I said, it wasn't that I didn't like, you know, the other things that I've done in my life, and I don't not know those things. I just, you know. Well, now you get to do them in, a, in an environment that you love, right? I get. I come to work on a on a floating dock every day. How cool is that? Yeah, you know. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> Everybody should be. It's a great job. I, you know, <laughs> I have a lot of fun. It's really it is great because I, you know, I get to you know explain to the community and the business folks why they should support the Center for Wooden Boats, the museum, why the institution's important to the region, why, you know, it really deserves their financial support. And I get to pick up my tools and go work on the collection and look at work on some of these amazing boats and help keep them and bring them back to life. Bring a Blanchard, you know, back that's older than my grandmother, you know, bring it back to life and and so in that sense, I love it. I get to exercise both halves of my brain and, you know, learn new skills all the time. I'm, you know, I'm just a journeyman boatwright learning every day. I haven't done enough of it to, 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 to say I know enough. I certainly know enough to be dangerous, and I certainly know a few things, but there's so yeah. much more for me to learn. And I love the community, the people that I can be here and learn from, and it is truly, I can't think of, you know, yeah. I can't think of a better job. You know, Betsy keeps telling me if she, you know. <laughs> Where would I go and be as happy? It's like, oh, that's hard to imagine, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it? really. So you guys have uh, some plans to add some facility here? Is oh, yeah. Right? Well, as you know, we've added a new facility at the north end of Lake Union. Right. And yeah. uh, and we're still planning, doing the planning uh, for building a new education center in Lake Union Park, just n- near the existing Center for Wooden Boats at the south end of the lake that most yeah. folks know. Uh, most folks may not know <laughs> that we used to have a lot of space that we rented uh, in the Naval Reserve Armory building um, for classrooms and for some office space for the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, when Mohai decided that was going to be the new Museum of History and Industry, uh, and a couple of years ago we had to move out of that space and uh, concentrate all of our staff and everything that we do just into our existing floating uh, facilities or up at our facility up at uh, Camano Island State, uh, at Cama Beach State Park up on Camano Island. The challenge is, you know, we are out of space. We have to turn away schools that want to come down for field trips. We have to, you know, meetings that we have to have back-to-back in the same room. It's really, it's not conducive to, to, to good operations. You can't even, to have a private discussion about something that is, you know, more private, personal yeah. or whatever, we have to go walk along Valley Street or go walk down our docks. That's our private meeting spaces mm-hmm. to go for a walk mm-hmm. so we can have a little bit of privacy because you can't get yeah. it in the boathouse when everybody's jammed into one room and working together and sitting knee to knee. On the flip side, we have no problem with internal communication. Mm. <laughs> everybody knows everything everybody that's knows going on. Everything that's going on, it's great. You don't have to send out memos. Everybody says, okay, yeah, I got it. We're opening on that day early, right? Whatever. So it makes it easy in that sense. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, you're 
back to your key question, we're, we have plans to build a new education center in Lake Union Park, just up on the land up above the waterway where people are used to finding our boats. Doesn't mean we're moving. Doesn't mean we're going to lose these buildings yeah. here. They will just, you know, we will be adding back the space that we uh, lost see. when Mohai moved in. When will in. that happen? Yeah. Uh, the exact timeline for it is is not a hundred percent sure yet we expect that in the next year we will start construction mm-hmm. we're still you know working out all of the details the design and all that sort of stuff will but it be a two-story building uh should be two, two story, story. Ten thousand square, square feet ten thousand wow. ten thousand so, um so there'll be some workshops workshop there will be a, a new workshop there will be dedicated youth classroom space there will be a dedicated volunteer space uh, because as you uh, probably have figured out, how could you know fifteen to twenty people do all the programs at the Center for Wooden Boats? Well, we can't, but we have about seven hundred volunteers who do the things that, that many, the Center huh? for Wooden Boats wow. yeah, accomplishes. We our volunteer corps is amazing. They are the Center for Wooden Boats. When people say you know to me, "Hey, you are the Center for Wooden Boats," no. I am not the Center for Wooden Boats. The volunteers are the Center for Wooden Boats. They make this place. They always have. And undoubtedly, they will continue to make it the success that it has been. Very cool. Yep. Yeah. So you've been here almost two years. Is that right? (laughs) A couple of years. And loving it. Absolutely. uh, Yeah. So do you have any boats yourself right now? I have a 35-foot Hinterhaller Niagara, which is a fiberglass. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's that hard kind of wood, really hard kind of plasticky wood. It's got some wood on it, uh, but uh, I have a. It's a. It's a. Say, uh, a cruising yacht that my wife and I have, and uh, we use it to. We love sailing. Where do you have that? Shill shill. No, actually, I have it right here on Lake Union. It's oh, great. A four minute walk from the office. Oh, it's nice. Great. I used to have it at Shill Shill, but then I realized I used to bring it in. Uh, for the month of July, I would you know poke around local marinas and knock on the door and say, "Hey, you got any subleases for the month?" Because we do the wooden boat festival. Mm-hmm. It's really nice to have the boat nearby. So after the fireworks and all of the stuff at the Lake Union Wooden Boat Festival, I can just walk to the boat. And uh, after a couple of years of that, my wife and I said, "Well, you know, it's really convenient." And the woman where I had the boat this summer said, "You know, that slip is open permanently if you wanted it." And I said, "Really?" So my wife and I, while we were sailing up on the uh, Sunshine Coast in Canada, we were talking about, well, maybe we should just leave the boat there when we get back. And, you know, so we did. So it's maybe it's a little of an experiment. Yeah. Let's see if we really like it. It's interesting. It's nice having it be just like a four-minute walk from my office. That's yeah, kind of really, really nice. Really. But it's a great boat, and I love it. And I have uh, a couple of dinghies, one I built, one I bought because my wife kind of likes the stability of a rubber boat so i bought mm-hmm. a rubber boat mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you gonna do yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what are you gonna do <laughs> cool so you get out on your on your boat quite a bit it sounds like or uh, some uh, some i you know obviously now we have to go through the locks when we want to really go out for the weekend but that's okay we love doing it we're yeah. getting good at it and yeah. uh we get out every chance we can uh you know it's comfortable in the winter time too i put a full enclosure on the cockpit so that it would be really convenient and warm to sail even when the weather is somewhat questionable i know some people will say i'm a i'm a little bit of a you know a little bit of a lightweight there not getting out there and truly enjoying the northwest uh, weather but as i age i find that i still enjoy it i just enjoy looking at it through my nice enclosure (laughs) yeah right right so uh, can you give us the contact information for the Center for Wooden Boats? Absolutely. Yeah. You, can, you can reach us at the Center for Wooden Boats. Online is the easiest place to find all our information at cwb.org. Okay. And uh, if you want to call us, it's uh, 
382-2628. And of course, I can't remember off the top of my head because I don't dial it as much, but you know, we also have a facility at, uh, at Cama Beach, the Center for Wooden Boats at Cama Beach State Park, and uh, you'll find information about that as well on our uh, cwb.org website. It has its own link to Cama Beach okay. to, so you can find out the programs and all the fun stuff going on up there, and it's great. I love it. I actually live between in South Snohomish County, so I can... Oh, you do? I can go either way. You yeah, know, and okay. I, I love going up there. In fact, I, next month I already have the boatman's cabin reserved for a stay with my wife up there. So nice. we're going to go stay right on the beach at Cama Beach. It's cool going to be great. Spot. I'm assuming you're always looking for new volunteers. Always. Volu- yeah. You know, we, we they are, as I said, the heart and soul of the Center for Wooden Boats. And uh, people can find information about volunteering on our website as well. Okay. Very good. And any parting comments for our listeners today, Dan? You know, the only thing I would say to people is, you know, love your boats, love your wooden boats, of course, because uh, I I try not to get involved or or fight with people about uh, fiberglass or other types of boats. And I, of course, love wooden boats, but I own a fiberglass boat, and that's okay, too. You know, all are welcome at the Center for Wooden Boats to come see our wooden boats. And if you want to try out a wooden boat, we have some for you to try, even if you might purchase a different type. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> but all boats are welcome here. Okay, very good. Well, thanks for your time today, Dan. No problem. Thanks, okay. Dan. Take care. You bet. Thanks, Dan, for taking the time to do that interview. It was really fun to come down to the Center for Wooden Boats and hang out and meet some new people and do, I think I did three or four interviews that day, so that was pretty cool. So I hope things go well for you, Dan, at the Center for Wooden Boats. For anybody listening that wants to find out more about the Center for Wooden Boats, um, I just got distracted because I got a text message that there's another showing at our house today at 3.30. (laughs) Man, this thing could actually sell. Anyway, now I got to think about what I was talking about. Okay, now I remember where I was. If you're listening and you want more information about the Center for Wooden Boats, go to cwb.org, and there's all kinds of cool information. They have three locations now, two in Seattle, both on Lake Union, and one on Camino Island, which isn't too far from where I live, which is north of Seattle. I'm guessing it's an hour and 15-minute drive from Seattle, something like that. So check it out. It's really a cool spot if you ever visit Seattle or you live in Seattle and have never been to the Center for Wooden Boats. You can go down there and it's free. It's an outdoor museum of all kinds of working wooden boats, uh, mostly small boats, power, sail, electric, motorized. And it's really fun to talk to the people down there. They've got great programs. They've got a free sale on Sundays. So check it out if you haven't already done so. If you'd like to leave a voicemail feedback message for me, if you have a question or you'd like to just say how much you enjoy this show, I would encourage you to go to hookedonwoodenboats.com forward slash voicemail. When you do that, you'll be able to leave a message for me directly from... Sorry about that. Now my phone's ringing. (laughs) Be be able to leave me a, a voicemail message directly from your computer. And if it's a good message and I like it, which I probably would, then I can play it on the podcast, which is kind of cool. It's fun to hear from the listeners, although not that many call in. Occasionally someone does, but it doesn't have to be anything long or fancy. Just call in and say, hey, I love hooked on wooden boats. Keep up the good work. Or I've got a question about sandpaper, whatever it is. Shoot me a message if you feel like it.
You can also leave comments on my website. I post uh, show notes each week for each podcast that I publish on Thursday and usually have pictures there too and you can leave notes there and there's share buttons if you like the podcast go to my website and you can share any of the episodes on Facebook Twitter and Pinterest you can always email me dan at hookedonwoodenboats.com you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or through the podcatcher software on your smartphone or mp3 player If you'd like to support the show and you're getting ready to make some purchases from Amazon, go to hookedonwoodenboats.com forward slash Amazon. And if you make a purchase from there of anything on Amazon, I get paid a small commission. Same thing for Jamestown Distributors. That link would be hookedonwoodenboats.com forward slash JD. I also have a store on my website if you'd like to buy some t-shirts, hats, thongs, that sort of thing. Uh, for uh, Christmas. You can order some stuff there through my store. Thanks for tuning in today, folks, putting up with my cold and my memory loss. I'm only 58, though, so hopefully my memory loss is going to get better, not worse. Anyway, have a great week. If you don't own a wooden boat or have never built one, I would encourage you to do so as soon as possible. It's a very rewarding experience. Uh, to build something with your hands that you can go use is really cool. I'm on my fifth build now since 1971. So what's that, an average of one every eight years, something like that? But I'm picking up the pace. I'm going to finish one this year almost. Hope to do another one next year. So anyway, uh, think about that. And if you have questions, uh, shoot me an email or give me a call. And we'll talk about your build and how you should uh, make it simple the first time so you get through it and have a good experience. Anyway, have a great week. Keep the bright side up and the barnacled side down. Wooden Boat Dan, over and out. Mm -hmm.